0: It's a two-two series, and it resets. So, what's the key for the Mavs against the Suns in a three-game series now? And who has the most on the line when it comes to the result of this series? We will talk about all that and more on today's Lockdown On Mavs. I'm Luke Lentridge and this is Locked On the Mavericks are NBA champions. He hit it. bang, bang. It's good,
1: and the
0: Mavericks have won the game. Thank you. If you don't Some believe? Should you shouldn't be, be here. here. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Where the best way to help grow the show is to comment anything below. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet. Please subscribe. Appreciate everybody that's checked out the podcast for the last couple of days. We are a five days a week, daily Dallas Mavericks podcast on YouTube, on Podcast Everywhere, and throughout the off season too. So let's say when the Mavs go win the title, we'll continue to do five days a week all throughout the offseason. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. Check out PrizePix.com. Use the promo code NBA, go to the app store, and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. And joining me as always, my co-host, contributor, and writer at Mavs.com, the Let It Ride Righteous Ruler, the One More Thing King. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? It's
1: the three-game series, baby. Three-game series. That's the three. Um, no shout out to everybody! Who listened to our pod yesterday, our highest downloaded post game pod of all time.
0: Oh yeah! Oh so yeah! Shout out, to,
1: shout out to you guys, big time! The Thank Raccoon you so much. Squad
0: came out big and strong, and you're part of the Raccoon Squad if you listen five days a week. That's that's the new criteria right there. Listen five days a week. That's <laughs> yep. the, that's the Raccoon Squad. They have listened to us for a long time. Five days a week. Appreciate everybody that has been. All right, on today's show. What is it? What does a three-game series look like for this Mavericks team versus the Suns? There's a couple of things that I think are key for the Mavericks. What should we expect? Okay, is Talk Franco our you know friend of the pod does a great job for D Magazine on, on uh, writing online and uh, wrote wrote after this game that the Mavericks just like <laughs> mucked it up basically is the, the words that he used. They play they played bully in game four. They mucked up the game, and I think that's a super big key for this Mavericks team because. You look at some of their numbers. Just straight up look at their game logs over the last couple of games here. Games one and two, the Suns had an offensive rating of 128.7 and 141.7. That's a terrible defensive rating for the Mavs. Terrible. Just yeah. terrible. Like scoring 141 points per 100 possessions. Like that, that is, If the game was a little bit faster, the Suns would have scored like 140 points in game two. It was over
1: two. 130, I think, their defensive rating.
0: Brutal. Brutal. And then in games three and four, it went down to 106 and 105. The Mavericks defense really stepped up. And so you look at some of the losses Phoenix had to the Pelicans. They lost They lost one game that was 116 uh, defense, uh, offensive rating. And then their game four loss was 108.3. That's how the Phoenix Suns team loses games is when you just limit their offense, when you make their offense work, when you make them do things they don't want to do. And one of those big things that Ishtag pointed out that I'm going to point out here is the turnover rate in games one and two or game one, the Suns played decently comfortable and just kind of held the Mavs at arm's length. They had a turnover rate of 10.6%. That's like fine. That's like, you know, a pretty good turnover rate for a team. Game two was so a 15.5%. That's, that's not good, but it's not terrible either. Game three, 18.2% and then game four, 17.8%. Their turnover rate just completely went in the toilet. The Mavericks forced a lot of turnovers. The Mavericks were able to muck up the game and to play defense. And it's their defense that has really won these last two games.
1: Yeah. You know, you look at their shooting, you know, the Suns shooting over the past two games, they, you know, we've talked about the stat a lot as far as they led the league of 48% a game as a team uh, shot over 50% from the field, every single game of the playoffs until this game three and game four. And you know they held him 44 percent in Game Three, held him 46 percent in Game Four. Yep. So when that defense, you know, just doing the hey, get your defensive rating under 110, can we do that?
0: Because <laughs> know, is know, I th- that I one think... of our numbers now? <laughs> Honestly, get it under 120, like
1: because <laughs> because you know, like you said, both of those first two games, I think they were both um, their defensive ratings over 130 in both yeah. of those first mm-hmm. two for for Dallas. So. Limit, you know, limit their shots as far as their efficiency uh, on that. And, uh, you know, it's how they defend Chris Paul, too. It's like how, how sure. Reggie Bullock, that tiny adjustment, a little bit of check checking in full court and just, you know, Reggie just, I don't want to say putting the clamps on him. But when you take out their second guy, when he has five points, he had 12 points in game three. When you're limiting their second best offensive, you know, weapon engine, however you want to define Chris Paul, it's huge for this team.
0: That's one of our keys, and I'm, we're keeping with it. Make Chris Paul work. Make him work everywhere. Make him work on the defensive end. Make him work in transition. Reggie Bullock has been picking him up full court. He's He doesn't think he can get a turnover from there. Now he has, but he doesn't think he's going to yeah. get a turnover like, picking him up full court. He's just making Chris Paul work, and you look at some of the games – that the Suns have lost this this season. Game four against the Pelicans. Chris Paul had four points, and that was a loss. Like when Chris Paul plays bad, this Suns team doesn't win doesn't win as often, because you can you know force Booker to do some things he doesn't want to do, and then all of a sudden Chris Paul is limited, and that just takes out a ton of their offensive engine there. Uh, part of the reason why I brought up the Mavs defense and mucking it up, and the reason why they, um, you know, that's the reason why they won the game. Have you looked at the Mavs offensive ratings per game?
1: They're pretty good, right? I went
0: to cleaning the glass. Let me tell you. What if I told you? Ready? ready, Here we go. This is one of our favorite games. What if I told you? The Mavericks had two games where they had an offensive rating of 120. And they had two games where they had an offensive rating of 113, 114. Which of those ones do you think that the Mavericks would have won and have lost? The games where they are 120 or the games where it was 114?
1: Well, because of your question, (laughs) I'll just say... Did they win with the lowest offensive rating?
0: Well, actually, they they split them. They split them. They're, they're, it doesn't oh, okay. matter for the for the Mavs. Game one, they had an offensive rating of 120. They lost that game. Game two, offensive rating of 113. Game four, offensive rating 114. Game four, offensive rating hundred and twenty two. Like it it this Mavericks offense has been the same efficiency wise pretty much this whole series. It's been the defense that has really stepped up. And that's the reason why they've won this, this game, these games. So they have to keep it mucked up. The Mavericks actually You wanna make some Suns fans mad right here? You wanna make some Suns fans mad? Tell me about the Avericks. Intern, turn on turn on the video. Oh God. The Mavs' free throw rate in games three and four is lower than it was in games one and two. Whoa. The Mavs are going to the free throw line less than they were in games but one and I two. But I thought
1: it was the refs.
0: I, I, I'm i telling you. The Mavs had a free throw rate of uh, free throw rate of 21% in game one, 22% in game two, 11% in game three, and 15% in game four. The Mavericks are going to the free throw line less often than they were in the first couple of games. So it's been on their defense um, the, the offense has been basically the same this entire time, but there's a couple of keys for some other. There's a couple of keys to the Mavericks' offense that that has been different. Now, follow me on this one. I'm following Luka Doncic and Jalen Brunson. We we've uh, talked a lot about how Luka's touches and Brunson's touches. Brunson's got to get going. How do we get Brunson going and all that? Honestly. Just give Jalen the ball. Like, literally, that's what it's been. It's just give him the ball and give him more touches in these games. You start looking at the touches for Brunson. Games one and two, Brunson had 55 touches on average in, in games one and two. Games three and four, 75 touches on average. Like, literally 20, like 50% more touches in games three and four. And and you look at Lucas' touches, it went from 105. in games one and two to 90 in games three and four. He's just literally Mm. giving the ball to Brunson a little bit more. And that's been kind of the key for them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to keep going with (laughs) that. I'll keep going.
0: (laughs) No, 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 that's good because
1: you can't look at some of the things too of saying, Hey, you know, as far as offense was, they got to hit this number, you know, threes because, well, I think we talked about this the other day. They hit 16 and 17 threes in the games that they lost. So yeah. it's not like you can say, man, no. they got to hit 15 to you know, 18 threes. That's not technically no. going to mean a win for them. It helps them a lot, obviously, but but I thought that was really key. Even if he doesn't score 30, just get him the ball, and it, it has ripple effects to the rest of the offense.
0: And for some listening, like, okay, luca has got to move the ball more. He's got to touch the ball less. He's got to do all this. That's not necessarily what it is. Luca, time of possession. In games one and two, 11.6. Or no, Lucas averaged seconds per touch. So the amount of time he holds the ball when he gets the ball. Games one and two, 6.6 seconds. Games three and four, 6.3 seconds. His touches aren't changing. The, the way that he's yeah. handling the ball and the way that he's carrying the ball and the way that he's carrying the offense is not changing. When he gets the ball, he still does the same things he did in games one and two, still getting the same number of shots, still have the usage rate, all that kind of stuff. He's just literally touching the ball a little bit less and giving it up for Brunson. But then you look at Brunson's average seconds per touch, 3.4 in games 1 and 2 and then 4.5 in games th- in games 3 and 4. He's he's mm. up his touches a little bit more. They've upped his, you know, touch time on the ball obviously because he's getting more touches and then his average seconds per touch, they're being more intentional getting in the ball. It's not changing what Luca is doing when he has the ball. It's just literally giving Brunson a couple more opportunities a game and that's been key to keep Luca fresh a little bit later uh especially on on defense I think. And all of that just has has worked out. I mean, mucking it up is talk's phrase. Is the defense, but it's also Luca. Like Luca, mm. when he plays offense right now, I was watching a couple of these ESPN shows. I think uh, Jalen Rose is like Luca. Just runs through guys. Like, yeah, he does every single time. Luca. Have you watched Giannis? <laughs> J- yeah, Jason. Jason Kidd is basically like Captain America and looks at at Luca like like Captain America looks at Hulk in Avengers the first one, and he goes, "Hey, Hulk." Smash like honestly, that's what he's doing to Luca. He's just saying, Hey, go smash, go go bust through some of these guys, go ahead and you know, back down Chris Paul every opportunity you get, go ahead and run through Cam Johnson. He's not there, campaigns in front of you. Oh, feast right now, right? Let's like, go through him. Yeah, and it's really messing up the Suns right now. Um, yeah, that's what. Can, that, I,
1: can I take a drink? Am I allowed to take a drink on this one?
0: <laughs> I
1: just want to clear that by you.
0: Coming up, let's get into some narratives about, about this this series. What would it mean for Luka if the Mavericks won this series? What would it mean if over the next three games or two games or however many the, that we get, what if the Mavericks won? What if they lost? What if the Suns win? What if the Suns lose? We'll talk about all that and more coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Daily Fantasy Made Easy. It's the award-winning App Prize Picks. It's Daily Fantasy made easy. We love it. You pick two to five players and over under on their projections, and you can win big on prize picks. Go ahead and check out what's available to you. You just pick, for example, you know, you pick Luca. You want has they have this points? Let's say it's like 30. You pick the over on Luca's points. You pick the under on uh Devin Booker's points. You're just feeling really good about it. And then all of a sudden you got something going. Oh, here you go. Luca 31 and a half over under for his points. Devin Booker. 27 and a half points over under, both of them for game five. That's pretty interesting. If you're feeling good yeah. about Luca, like let's say you decide Luca, let's do the under, booker the over because you feel like that works better in the Mavs' favor. You put $20 down, you can win $60 at Prize Picks. So go check it out. Prizepicks.com. download the app, pick all the uh the over-unders you want. And you get fifty dollars free if you use the promo code NBA and your Prize Picks entry scores a single point. It's Prize Picks. Also, want to tell you about the best thing you can do for your health. Boy, do I need this right now. It's it's AG one. Uh, is it is it uh, ironic that I got sick like literally the like a week after my AG one r- ran out?
1: <laughs> is, is it? T- this is an ad read right. Is, here. It,
0: is it telling? Can you hear it in my voice that I got sick right after this? So, uh, AG one. It's an incredible product made by Athletic Greens. It's one delicious scoop that you put in water, like eight ounces of water or something, and you get 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, pro- probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. It's a special blend of ingredients that help support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, I needed that. I needed the immune yep. system boosted on this one. So go check out Athletic Greens. They'll give you a free one-year supply of immune, immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NBA network, athleticgreens.com NBA network. Thanks for making Lockdown Mabs your first listen every day, Raccoon Squad. Make sure you go check out the Lockdown NBA Big Board Podcast with host Rafael Barlow, friend of the pod, DFW native, and – He's joined by Richard Stamen. He's Mavs Draft. A couple other guys giving fans an in-depth look at the NBA Draft, mock drafts, player rankings, great interviews. It's NBA Big Board Podcast. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. All right, Isaac Harris. Um, the narratives in this series are going to be wild, right? It's tied to two. The narratives are already wild, but what does this mean for Chris Paul's legacy and all that? Who's the player that st- the player or person that stands out to you the most as this narrative really, really interests me?
1: Man, this is good because, you know, when you look at the series as a whole between the Mavs and Suns, you know, we obviously have this three-game series, but majority of the pressure is on Phoenix. You know, we, we were saying going into this, you know, this series that hey, this is a win for a season for the Mavs because they got to the second round. And now especially that they've won two games against the Suns. It's like, go. okay, like this is a good next step. Like walking. <laughs> Happy birthday, CP. So, you know, there's no, we'll talk about some Mavs angles to this, like if they win the series, lose the series, what's at stake for some of the Mavs. Uh, But I think the biggest one is, is, you know, this is, this could be Chris Paul's like last run or last chance at a title that if he goes out and they lose this series, like does is this the last chance that he has at, at a ring? And I think it's it's massive for him when it comes to just legacy stuff. Like he's going to be considered one of the best point guards of all time. Like I, I get all of that, but we all know what uh, what the power of one ring to the rule them all. Ooh. But what the power of at least one ring can do for your legacy and the maps could end that this
0: series. And it's not that crazy to think about, but yeah, his legs, I think, is on the line the most with this series because if you think about Booker, Aiton, Bridges, those guys are all pretty young, right? They, they've been they haven't been in the league for for that long. With Chris Paul, he's just turned thirty. Does anybody know he just turned thirty <laughs> seven? Happy birthday, CP. And yeah, he's gonna be thirty eight in next play next year's playoffs. And can the Suns just add something else to like supplement if he has a decline or anything like that? How many players do we know that have had really good playoff runs in like in their 38th year? I don't know that anybody has
1: John Stockton. Maybe I don't, I don't
0: know. (laughs) I'm going to go look it up.
1: I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's good with numbers, but you know, when you, when you look at maybe let's just continue with the Suns narratives in this third segment, we'll talk about the Mavs narratives, you know, over these next three games. But, I think DeAndre Ayton has some has some weird stuff on the line here that he's going to get paid, but I'm so fascinated by his future that what? Jason what Kidd
0: up? was 37 when the Mavs won the title in 2011.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought you so. I thought you meant like 38 or above. Um like if the Suns lose this series, what like does this change anything about how they view DeAndre Ayton's future? Like I mean, he had 14 points the other night against the front line in which Dwight Powell played nine minutes. So, and and we love Maxi Kleba, but this is the type of like lineup team that you would hope if you're going to pay massive money to Deandre Ayton, your seven foot one, you know, big man that this is the series that he would dominate, or this is series that he would take over and help put you over the top. Now they obviously got to win two more games and he could very well do that in two, two games. Sure. But, if he continues playing like this, and let's say the Mavs win in six or seven, and he's putting up 14, 16 points a game, what does that mean for, like, I just don't know. Like, what does that mean for his son's future? Yeah, all of that. Like, how As, much is he going to get paid?
0: Especially if you just look at this series, and if he has another game, like, I mean, let's say the Suns have another game, like game two, right, where they just they cruise, and then they just dominate in the fourth quarter. Aiden played eighteen minutes in that game like he was not really a factor in that game at all because it was because of foul trouble right and they just kept yeah. him out of that second half they didn't even need him it's so strange to to watch him fifteen and eleven if he gets fifteen and eleven which is kind of what he's averaging in this series like the Mavs are totally fine with that they're they're fine with that yeah. and he's just not getting that extra what they need especially with chris Paul limited over those, these last couple of games he hasn't really stepped up the Mavs have sort of taken him and uh neutralized him a little bit which which is wild to say because they don't have the one-on-one defender but they've been team like defending Uh, he's even gotten more offensive rebounds over the last couple of games he had four offensive rebounds between games one and two total he's had 10 offensive rebounds between games three and four like Mm. that's the only kind of way that he's been scoring and it's just wild to say it's just wild to So look at DeAndre Ayton and think, okay, that's a max guy right there. And to see the way that he's impacting these playoffs, which is not as much as we expected.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So then you look at like Devin Booker and let's say, let's say the Suns win the series. I think it's huge for a young star like this to go to two straight conference finals, potentially two straight finals. And whether they win it or not, it just kind of moves him up kind of a level there and these young guys in the league that maybe, you know, maybe some people before had him on the same level as like a Donovan Mitchell to where if he goes to two straight conference finals or two straight finals, like he's in a different level than Donovan Mitchell. And so I think it would be huge for him. And if they lose, like, does it, does it change anything about how people view him? Like, what is he, what, you know, that type of thing. When you have a 64 win team and then you lose in the second round, it, it would be, it's kind of like the the two things can be true at the same time. Is I think Dallas would deserve a lot of praise, rightfully so, for the adjustments and yeah. winning. You know, potentially four in a row or four out of you know five games, whatever. But there would also be a little bit of narrative too of man, the Suns choked this away. They're a sixty-four win team, number one oh, team in the that league. Would, would,
0: that's what it would all be. It would all be. It would just. It would just be like twenty eleven all over again, right? Where the, yeah. where the Mavs do something, they do something incredible, but all the attention would be on the other team because they had so much. They had such high expectations.
1: Yeah, and I, I think the Mavs would be fine with that. <laughs> I think they would be fine with riding the hey, you know, we don't deserve the you know credit thing. Well, let's go in the conference finals as the underdogs again. But <laughs> I, it's just, it's, it's really fascinating. Does the Mikael Bridges Defensive Player of the Year? If they lose this series, does that take a little shot.
0: At, oh, the way you know, Lucas just running, or the way they're just sending him through his screens, and that's it. Like, oof.
1: Yeah, but. Um, But that could be one of their adjustments too, right? Like they could really lean into the, Hey, let's try to take out kind of what Dallas is doing of saying, Hey, let's put Reggie on Chris Paul for court. Let's try to take away Chris Paul and say, Devin Booker, you can have your 35 that he had last game and uh, try to take out the other guys. And maybe this is what we, we guess that this would be what happened at the beginning of the series. Maybe this is their next card that they're going to play is finally put, Hey, we're going to put Mikhail on, on Jalen Brunson.
0: Coming up, let's take a look at some of the Mavs narratives heading into these last couple of games here in this series. There's only, a, 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 a the, at most, three games wild. What could happen over yeah. these next couple? What could it mean for Jalen Brunson? What could it mean for Luka Doncic? Talk about that and more coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Bet Online. It's the best place to check out the uh, odds, lines, odds. I said that already. Everything that you need for betting, <laughs> betting on sports. You can check out Mavs. Suns, you can check out... Warriors Grizzlies, if you're still thinking that the Grizzlies have a chance here in this, you can check out Mavs Suns. said that already. You can check out Heat 76ers. Heat are a three and a half point favorite in the series against the 76ers. That's pretty wild. Um, The Suns, by the way, still a six point favorite against the Mavs. So for everybody that's shaming me for saying wow. I didn't believe in the Suns, go put your money where your YouTube comments are and go put some money on the Mavericks. Still a six-point underdog against the Suns in the series. So go check it out at Online. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game s- s- starts. All right,
1: Isaac, you didn't like my, my, my little... No, 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 I'm laughing because we were recording this at the end of the Warriors-Grizzlies game.
0: Yeah.
1: And Steph Curry just, <laughs> Steph Curry just said post-game to Jerry Greenberg, I felt like we got traded to the Kings overnight. And I swear, that's the funniest crap, man. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's incredible. Shout-out to Matt George, great Marvin Bagley fan. Uh, when it... <laughs> When it comes to the Mavericks Don't
0: and need Luka. <laughs>
1: we need to need play that. Sorry again. Oh man. Uh, when it comes to the Mavs in these next three games, like what's, what's at most stake for who has the most to win. And let's just look at Brunson for a second, because I was talking to somebody the other night in uh, another media uh, person. And we were talking about Brunson and we we're halfway joking of saying, you know, how bad does Brunson wish this is going into game three? How bad does Brunson wish that, uh, you know, his playoff stuff just ended with the jazz and he could ride into free agency and be like, Hey guys. And, but that person looked at me, he's like, well, he's not going to lose money. Like it doesn't matter. Even if the Mavs lose, you know, lose this series in four or five. And I think that was a common thing that, you know, after those first two games, some people were throwing out there like, Oh, Brunson just lost a bunch of money in this series. No, 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 no. I, I still don't think that. Because I think there's still teams like the Pistons and some of these teams are saying, hey, we got to spend our money. We'll still pay this guy. We don't care. And I think it would do more for the Mavericks moving forward of, hey, what if these next two games, Brunson just has complete duds and then they lose the series and then it's like, well, we still can't lose him. Like We still got to pay him, but now you actually have some question marks about, well, dang, is he is he a, a number two? Is he a three? All of that, so it kind of puts it in a weird spot. So I think weirdly, it's it's Bronson that has kind of the most at. It's not even at stake because it's not money at stake. It's I don't know how it's do you repu- it's like reputation. Yeah, it's like, I what guess are the, yeah.
0: And it's honestly like. What do the maps view him as going forward, right? Nico Harrison made the Chris Al Porzingis trade. And how many times we sat here and played a drinking game, flexibility over and over and over again. He just kept saying that word because that's what taking the Porzingis contract and splitting it into Dinwiddie and Bertanz's two contracts. It gave them flexibility. Flexibility to do what? Right? Like what do they want flexibility to do? Like
1: Dallas is gonna get a seat at the table. They want a seat at the oh, table God.
0: with, with someone like take another drink. They want a seat at the table with like a, another big name, like an all-star type name. So what do they view Jalen Brunson as? Do they think he is like yeah. a fringe all-star type Middleton type player that could actually help win a title with Luca the way that that Giannis and, and and Middleton did? Like like there's some parallels right there with those two guys. Do they think that? And for me, I look at these these last four games and I say, it's it's emboldened that <laughs> that opinion because mm. you look at the the touch numbers that I just gave. Game one, Brunson, 56 touches. Game two, 55 touches. Game three, 78 touches. Game four, 71 touches. Like it's this these last four games have shown more about they need to empower and give Brunson the ball a little bit more so that Luca can be a little bit more um like ready for for the fourth quarter and ready for the last, you know, the second half of games and not just have everything go on him in the first half. And he just like blow his load in the first two quarters. And then Jalen Brunson has, you know, the, it's been key for the Mavericks to win these last two games for him to be yeah. more involved. 28 points in game three, 18 points in game four. And they won both of those games and they needed every one of those points that he got. Yeah. Like, can you imagine
1: if he had like a 35 point game in in the game five and they win in Phoenix and he's like, yeah, he scores the most points like that. That would be a massive game.
0: Now, if he has thirty five points and they lose, I don't. Maybe does that change anything? Right? Like, does that change this narrative possibly? But I, I think that it, it it's proven that Brunson is is obviously key for this team. And um,
1: yes. yeah, yeah. Um, when it comes to Luca, <clears throat> you know, obviously if they lose the series, I
0: nailed the I nailed the end of that one. <laughs> that yeah, was, that great my great that job on that. that. Have that you ever my best take? I,
1: I remember my first podcast. <laughs> So when it comes to win, like winning and losing the series for Luca, I don't think Luca has a, a ton on the line when it comes to losing. I think some national pe- people might say some crap, but he made it past the first round. I think. think
0: about the three teams Luca has played in the playoffs. That? I know those two yeah. Clippers teams with Kawhi and Paul George, and now this Suns team. Like Luca gets a pass on these.
1: It's, yeah, I mean Royce O'Neal is, but if they win, if they win the series, this is Luca's way too early conference finals type thing and i say yeah. the way too early because it's the durant it's the lebron like you look at year 4 this is year 4 for luka you know year 4 for for kevin durant was that super young okc team who went up against dirk in the western conference finals but it's and you know got obliterated got torched um went to school a little bit
0: <laughs> sorry
1: but that that was that super young OKC team was like, holy crap, y'all are young, and now you're in the conference finals. You look at LeBron's fourth year. He went on and went to the finals in his fourth year. They got swept and wiped the, off the floor in the East. <laughs> yes, in the East. But it's like <laughs> that was oh. Crap, LeBron yeah, is super young and now he's got his team in the conference finals. This would be that for Luca of, wow, you're 23 and now your playoff resume in your first four years is the playoffs three times and one conference finals in that. Like, either way, if they don't go to the conference finals, it's still pretty crazy. It's like you've been in the playoffs three times out of your first four years in the league and you've made it to the second round already, like all of that. But I don't think Luca, <clears throat> going a step further, I think Jason Kidd is playing with the most house money right now because I think even if they lose this series, I think he's still going to get praise from a lot of people of like, wow, like you, you got us over the hump, right? Like you helped win a first round series. And if they did win this series, I think it just, I mean, that's where the house money comes in because then he's getting even more praise of holy crap. Like you made it to a conference finals now in your first year in Dallas and just the love fest for Jason Kidd as a coach would start to unravel.
0: Yeah, it, he would, he would unravel, get a ton of credit. Yeah. He's going to get a ton of credit. <laughs> so you, did you end that worse than, than my <laughs> last It wasn't unravel, <laughs>
1: but you see what I'm saying.
0: Unfold. There he's you going, go. He's going head to toe with some of the best coaches. <laughs> head to toe, baby. <laughs> he's going to get credit, and he should already get credit, right? Especially these yeah. last couple of games, the adjustments that they've made, this coaching staff has made. He's going to get credit, and, uh, yeah, he's play- he's definitely playing with house money because he, he has nothing to lose. Monty Williams just got coach of the year, and if coach of the year goes out in the second round to a team that they were favored by the entire, that- that's more pressure on you than what Jason Kidd has on him.
1: Yeah. Can I ask you a question about the uh, about the Mavs role players? Tim McMahon uh, tweeted out a thing about the uh, role players when it comes to a three-point percentage for the playoffs. I think it was earlier today, and I was going to throw this out there. Maxi Kliber for the playoffs from three point, 49%. Doran Finney-Smith, 43%. Reggie Bullock, 40%. Now, take that three-point shooting. Now factor in their defense. Yeah. When it comes to the Mavs role players, those three guys, have they already done enough for you to say, they're legit role players. We don't need to upgrade them.
0: We have been saying this for like three years. We have been saying this um, for three years. (laughs) <laughs> some people are like, I can't believe you didn't believe that they were going to beat the Suns. I can't believe some of you guys were trying to get rid of Dorian and Maxi and Bullock because we've been trying to tell yeah. you that these three that these three guys specifically are incredibly good role players for the Mavericks and incredibly valuable players and archetype players from for across the league. Every single player would want all three of those. Every single team would want all three of those guys and would find a way to fit all three of those guys into their rotation. Every team needs those, right? It's, it's, it was the fringe guys. It was the number two spot. It was the number three yeah, spot in the spot, offense. Yeah. Those were the ones that they, the Mavericks have needed to upgrade over the last couple of years, and Jalen Brunson has helped them upgrade that. And so, so it's not going to change anything but what I believe about Luke, about Bullock and Dorian Finney-Smith and Maxie in my mind.
1: I'm, I'm with you in that because I was thinking, I'm like, all right, what if they go out and they lose the next two games? Is there something that would change my mind about those role players, those three guys specifically?
0: Well, not changed think- my mind about Dorian.
1: Oh, nothing ever. Uh, The Dorian tattoo schedule for next week. (laughs) The, but I think that's that because that's going to be the conversation. If the Mavs lose this series, well, where's the upgrade spot? Because you look at me like, well, dang it. I mean, we got pretty much everything you wanted to out of Dorian Finney Smith. Reggie Bullock's defense on, on Chris Paul. Maxie shooting 50% from three being able to switch. I mean, look at Steve Jones on Twitter guys and look at this clip. Yeah, he pointed out stuff. like the ability to have Maxi switching on to Devin Booker. Like you can't find bigs like that in the league. So I think it's that, that conversation would just shift to back to the conversation we've been having for the past three years is the number two spot. And is that if they lose the series, I think the focus would, won't shouldn't be those role, those three guys, it would it would lean towards, hey, who's the second and third best guy on this team?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That That's exactly what what, what the Mavericks would need. And that's, you know, if we're looking at some narratives, what's Nico Harrison's narrative after this if the Mavericks lose this series? Um, or if the Mavericks win this series? What if the Mavericks win this series, then they win the next one? Because I don't know if Golden State's looking super looking super difficult right now, especially if they just turned into the Kings overnight. Um, <laughs> what if they win the next series and then they go to the finals? Then all of a sudden is Nico Harrison and Mark Cuban going to go, well, we got everything we need. We made it to the finals. We just have to maybe upgrade on the edges and then just run it all back, right? Is that the yeah. narrative that you think comes out of this? Oh gosh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd
1: still think they would want. I can't even think about the finals right now. But <laughs> I, I think, I think they would. They're still always going to be in the in the upgrading business. You know, I, I think that would still be a a thing. But
0: but if they but if they lose, is it if they lose this series, is it more? Is there, is there more an onus on it than?
1: yeah and yeah if they for had, sure if
0: they hadn't won like let's say they didn't win the first round series they would be making a huge move this offseason Does winning yeah. that last series and now the playing tied two two in this series does that change anything about the roster construction and the narrative about Nico Harrison or his narrative for the team I guess um
1: I don't think it changed anything how we view Nico I think it could I think it just depends on how they go out right like I, I think if they if they go out and they lose the series over the next two games, and they lose by fifteen plus in both of them. It's like, all right, well, let's figure out why. Why? What's the reason? If it's Deon, let's say DeAndre Ayton has thirty plus points in the next two games, and the Suns beat him, it does that change the okay? Like we we really do have to go upgrade that center spot. But once again, this bringing it full circle back to the whole like going into the playoffs. I remember us talking about the the whole Dwight Powell conversation in it in the you know potential trade for a big over the off se- or, or yeah over the offseason and i remember saying on this pod it's like i want to see how far they go first before i before i like put yep. my like opinion on should they go all in for a big i want to see because if this team does beat the if they do beat the Suns and they go to the conference finals with dwight powell as their center then it's going to further prove my thing of like hey i, I don't want to spend big money on on a big
0: well, we don't want to spend Rudy Gobert money on a big, I don't think.
1: I mean, I would not going to say $40 because I know everybody would like point that's, towards one guy. But, that's
0: what it costs. Yeah, and I'm not talking about John Wall. But. The contract has already been signed <laughs> for him. So, Yep, there you go. Those are the narratives. Let us know what you think. Who has the most to lose in this? What do you think is the key for the Mavericks in a three-game series now? Literally, yeah. whoever wins two more games wins this series.
1: Tonight, baby. Tonight. It's going to be big time. Not... 9 p.m. Phoenix. You know, Phoenix is just going to be rocking. Can't wait to see what that uh referee assignment is. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Foster was off uh, oh, yesterday.
0: Scott Foster, we're all going to die. Laughing. Here's my
1: thing, though. Scott Foster was off yesterday. And are they really going to, like, if he's back working today, that, are they really going to put him back on Philly, Miami again? I think that, like, the natural thing is to alternate, right? And put him on. Mavs, sons, and the moment that those ref assignments come out and if it's Scott Foster, Twitter's going to burn down.
0: <laughs> it's going to be an amazing place. Oh. This is a positive world. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Foster in game five. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Guys, thanks so much for making us your first listen, being part of the Raccoon Squad. Listen to us five days a week. Now make your second listen, Locked On NBA, local experts covering the biggest stories from around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. I was there on Monday. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked On NBA. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mads. Peace out. Boom!